Because I believe, I don't care if you want to be a doctor, lawyer, Indian chief, work in nonprofits, government work, start your own business, be a painter, an artist. Um, you need to understand money. And you need to understand how to make it, how to invest it, how to keep it, how to make sure other people don't take it away from you, and how to grow wealth. This is Super Shiro's. The show where we interview women doing amazing things in the world to inspire, empower, and entertain you. Welcome to Super Shiro's. Hi, so we are here with Lorraine Binion, or as I call her, Miss Lorraine. So, hi, Miss Lorraine. And good evening, Caitlin. So good to see you. You too. So, I guess we'll start off with what do you do? Okay, so I work at UC Berkeley as an administrator. My title, uh, it's kind of long, but I'm executive director of finance and administration for university development and alumni relations division. And that basically is the fundraising external relations investment management arm for the campus. I also wear another hat which is I'm treasurer of the UC Berkeley Foundation. And that uh, is a foundation where people give gifts to the university. And we manage $2 billion of gifts for scholarships, endowments, endowed chairs, and um, other philanthropic reasons that people donate to the university. And the third hat I wear is treasurer of the Berkeley Endowment Management Company. And in my bio, you'll see that. And that's the company that's basically set up to manage the money. That's the investment company that actually manages the $2 billion endowment that Berkeley has. So that's what I do. How do you manage all three of those? You know, good people. And also, you know, every good manager and every good leader, you know, you can't do all the work yourself. It's really about getting a good team of people. It's about delegating. It's about mentoring developing folks. And um, one of the, like one of the questions you had was what I like most about my job. And uh, in addition to the, you know, the technical challenges and understanding where the market is and how it's influencing the value of the investments um, is the people. I have a great staff and I like them and they like me. And so it makes my job easier in the aspect of some of the things about my job I don't like, so I don't have to do those because it's right. hard to do them. And, um, you know, when I first started out my career, it, it was really more technical. And um, I really did a lot of that type of work. But fortunately, I have people now working for me who actually like to do that kind of stuff because I like to do other things now. So the reason I, I think I can be successful and also not only work at uh, Berkeley, which now we're all working at home, but in terms of some of the community work I do and the uh, volunteerism that I'm able to do is because I work with such a good staff of people who, um, like I said, we trust each other. And one thing is since we've been in this um, you know, uh, pandemic and, and staying at home, it's really tested how well we're able to work remotely. And with my staff, I have learned that we really can work remotely very well. It, it, March and April w- was a bit of a challenge, you know, because everyone's kind of adjusting. But um, 
we really came to find out that we could do it. We got controls in place because we we transfer hundreds of millions of dollars every year, you know, because it, it's an investment management company. So when you're doing that from home, it's a little different than doing it in the office. Right. Just in terms of the control set up in terms of who's who's sending the money and what. And as you you can appreciate, you know, there, there's a lot of attempted fraud out there, you know, stuff that's coming in online. So we've kind of proven that we're able to do that. And I think it's made us be a stronger team. I know I'm going on and on. No, but, it's okay. Um, it's, it's, um, I'm able to do that because of the people. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm glad you have a good group. Yeah. Um, and I'm also glad that you guys have like figured out how to make it all work at home. What do you think the biggest difference is besides obviously that you're at home, but the biggest difference from going to working at the school or wherever you were working to now working at home? Well, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's so multifaceted in that, um, okay, some of the good things I'm, I'm really enjoying is I have a little more control of my time on some levels because I used to, so my schedule used to be, you know, I get up at 6, 6.30. I like to work out in the mornings before I go to work. And so, and then, so I would go to my exercise class or I'd hike. I had to pack my bag. I actually showered at work because we had a shower. So I can get in the office by 9 and 9.30. Then I don't leave until five or six. It's a long day. So now I'm able to cut out the commute. Um, but what we're finding is that now we kind of have more meetings. We're kind of zoomed out. Right. Um, just like, I'm going to open up. We're kind of zoomed out because now there's kind of the feeling that, oh, well, let's, um, you know, let's meet and talk about this. And so what I'm trying to say now is everything that doesn't have to be on the camera, sometimes you can turn the camera off. Um, but we've been able to, um, we've been able to learn. So now we are having 45 minute meetings and we're not trying to bump them all up against each other. We're, we're a little more organized in terms of let's get on what we need to talk about, what needs to get done. Um, we've had to learn how to use technology in, in, in ways that we never have before. And we know that we will never go back, and I can say never, we will never go back to where we used to be, where, you know, I mean, I had an office, but people were in cubicles. You know, it'll mm. be years before people want to get that close together. I don't care what kind of vaccination or, or you know, vaccine comes out. I think we're going to move to an environment where we're more, uh, I say, germaphobes. Mm -hmm. And we really are concerned now about, because there's so many things we really still don't know about the virus and we don't know about the vaccine. And even basic things like preventing colds and flus. We, we know a lot more about what we need to do to keep ourselves healthier and stronger. So I think there's a lot of learnings that are just multiplied over so many areas in terms of how we're going to show up and live, everything from shopping to restaurants, getting outside, how we work, how we interact with each other. I mean, look, look at your last holiday gathering, you know. I mean, there's, there's so many ways we're all impacted by this. So I'd say in terms of the work environment, we're, we're learning new ways of how we're going to work. And because we have been able to work virtually for seven months, um, and so, like I said, I, I'm an administrator work at UC Berkeley. We're now talking about when we do come back to work or when we're clear to come back, what is that going to look like? 
And mm -hmm. how are people going to start coming back? Everyone's not going to show up on the same day. And some people are going to say, you know, I've been working at home the last year. Why do I even really need to come in? Um, so we're trying to figure out now what it's going to look like. It's going to look very, very different. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I can definitely see you saying that going back, it's going to be, well, when, whenever we go back, it's going to be crazy. Um, and you're also saying that now you have a lot more flexibility in your schedule and that you used to wake up and exercise. Do you exercise late? Like how did, how do you fit exercising in now that is different from before? <laughs> okay. So during the summer, it was very easy. So I tried to keep myself on schedule, but I could sleep an hour later. So that meant I got up at seven. And then I would typically try to get my 10,000 steps or 45 miles in, walking around the neighborhood and getting all my hiking in in the morning. But, you know, I didn't have to shower. I can, you know, it's just me in my office. So I can just change my shirt and just make sure from the waist up I'm good and turn on the computer and kind of work. And then a little later on when I had a break, then I'd go and, you know, kind of get myself looking, looking a little better. Um, and then because I really needed to take a break because I found myself sitting too long on the computer. When you're in the office, you're getting up, you're going to meetings. Also, I work for, you know, like I said, for Cal. And my office was off campus, like 15 minute walk to campus. I had a lot of meetings on campus. So, you know, I always kept my, my, my gym shoes in my bag and I'm going, you know, my laptop, I'm going up to campus for a meeting. And so I would get a lot of walking in and just getting up from my desk, going, going here, going there, going out to lunch, going to a different floor, you know, moving around. Yeah. Now, on my wall in my office, I have a printed thing that says, move more to remind myself <laughs> to get up. I mean, I can sit here for two or three hours. Not good, you know. Right. And also what I'll do is I'll get up and I'll do stretches. So I have something on the wall here that has stretches on it, just as kind of a reminder to get up. The other side of now working remotely is you could you work more you can work more hours. So mm -hmm. I will start at, like I said, you know, by nine typically. But before I go to bed at night, I check my emails. You know, I I, I you know just try to clear things up. And also, what we're finding is that um, some of our business partners who used to be on our same time zone, um, you know, since you don't have to go in the office, you can be someplace else. So people are in different time zones. And as you might've heard, just looking at some of the statistics of what's going on with housing and real estate and where people are working and in tech, you know, a lot of people have, not a lot, but you know, a good number of people have left um, in the South Bay and they have left uh, San Francisco to work in different places, which really brings up more opportunity, which means you don't have to stay in those high cost living and paying the exorbitant rents and being on the freeway an hour or two every day, you know, when you can work remotely and still accomplish. So, you know, there's pluses and minuses. Um, even though I'm not commuting, I'm finding that I'm working just as many, if not more hours. Right. That's what I'm finding. Yeah. I, okay. Do you think if you had, if you had the option to stay at home and continue working, or go to the office and COVID weren't an option, what would you choose? A hybrid. So what I would like to do is um, probably go in maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, 
come in for meetings where meetings were appropriate. Um, because it's what also there's an isolation factor of being at home. There, there's a socialization that comes from the office and running into people, having uh, nuanced conversations. You know, communication is not only just speaking and listening, but it's also the body language and how people are interacting. You know, this is the, a flat screen, flat earth society. You know, it, it, there, <laughs> there's no 3D here. So sometimes those uh, little subtleties or what's really kind of going on when you can pick up in, in person or in a meeting, in a room with someone, you can't necessarily pick that up on the screen. And then also what happens when, um, <laughs> when people turn off the video? <laughs> so I'm just saying that you need a mix because uh, some of my staff who live alone are actually having an isolation factor because also work um, is a, um, I'm gonna turn off this, work is a um, social aspect to them as well. And sometimes like I'm saying, just kind of walking down the uh, hallway or I'll get up and just go over to somebody's uh, desk to chat with them about something or say, I'll meet you here. You know, it, it helps build those relationships. So I kind of feel for the people who, who we've hired over the last few months who've never physically ever met anybody. Oh, and yeah. On the screen. Actually, I'm, I'm hiring a new finance director who will probably start next month. And, and we've hired several people. But they, all the interviews and all the... Actually, I just got off from um, uh, a board I'm on with the Open Public Schools and we're hiring a finance person there. And the interview is, is on Zoom. And when this person starts, they'll be working on Zoom. They have never been in the office and never physically been in. So, you know, it, it's calling for a different level of uh, social interaction, which is missing. Yeah. Well, how did you, okay, how did you get started in all of these extremely high-level jobs? Okay, nobody starts at the top. True. So uh, I'm from Los Angeles, went to school there. And undergrad, I went to Cal Poly Pomona. At the time, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I always loved um, loved dressing up. I, I my mother was a nurse, so she kind of wore a uniform. So you know, my father went into the office, but I would love to see people that were dressed up. See, in those days, people dressed up and went to work. You know, they had on work clothes and they wore heels and you know, fashion stuff. And I thought I had no idea what they did, but they looked good going where they were going. <laughs> So when I was in high school, you know, I joined a lot of clubs, organizations. I'm a joiner. You know, there's some people who like organizations, you know, like pledge sorority and got into organizations and I've been on boards and, I, you know, I like being a community. So I've always been kind of a joiner. And when I was in high school, I was in these various clubs, not necessarily knowing where it would take me, but I just knew that I liked interaction and um, just the, the external activity that comes from just meeting and being with people and, and just trying to figure it out. So I, I went to undergrad and got a degree in business. And then I went to UCLA and I knew I liked finance. And so I decided to major in that. And then I uh, worked for um, a public accounting firm, which I'll tell you at some point what, what, <laughs> what all that was about. And I got my CPA. Still wasn't really clear exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to be in business. Because I believe, 
I don't care if you want to be a doctor, lawyer, Indian chief, work in nonprofits, government work, start your own business, be a painter, an artist. Um, you need to understand money. And you need to understand how to make it, how to invest it, how to keep it, how to make sure other people don't take it away from you, and how to grow wealth. You have to be your own chief financial officer, your own CFO, you have to become. And so I used to teach. Also, I taught at Golden Gate University for a number of years. I taught at Chabot College, Berkeley City College, because I also like teaching. And I, I just like, you know, I, I, I love particularly, you know, yeah, young women. Yeah. But I like to teach. So I, I just always try to tell everybody, learn what you, I don't care what you feel you want to do. And you don't have to know what you want to do when you're 14, 15, 16. You may not even necessarily know what you want to do at 25. The point is, have a lot of different experiences so that it, uh, you will eventually figure it out and, and then do what you enjoy doing. So I knew I wanted to be in finance. I worked for very good companies. I worked a long time, you saw my resume for Levi Strauss. I really liked that company. I grew a lot there. I was there a long time, but it was time to go because the company wasn't doing as well. I had my own business. And then the job at, um, at uh, Berkeley came, I really didn't apply for it. I came to fill in as a contractor for someone who left and I was there for a while and they offered me the job. But what's happened is the job I have now has morphed very differently from when I came in because after I had done it for a number, when you're in a business, there's, there's cycles, you know, there's, there's a year end and then you start the next year and the next year and the next year, next year. Well, I kind of decided I want to do something different. So I've been able now to, kind of morph into some things I want to do, which is more on the investment side versus being on the accounting side. So I didn't really figure out that I really loved investments until about 10, 15 years ago, because I had been doing a different level of finance and accounting then. But I knew I got a little tired of it. But then as this opportunity presented itself, and I just said, oh my gosh, I love this. It's so interesting, because it's all tied to economics, it's tied to the environment is tied to what's going on about how money is made how you make money and i mean it, it's of course i have nowhere near that kind of money but you know i mean it's how they make really big money you know and it's not a model you can personally um, manage because you don't have that level of volume to start with and there are different strategies that are not even available to individuals but i just find that level um, of investment activity and information and just being around all these really really smart people they are so smart and i do more listening than anything else because they are you know i just i just admire what they're doing and it's not that i just make money but um i also like mission-based organizations and purpose-driven and that's one thing that attracted me to Berkeley because I mean, what's more important than educating young minds? And um, Berkeley is also, also I mean, it's, it's teaching research and public service is what the emphasis of the university is. And so I, I like that mission. Right. So I was able to combine a lot of my private industry experience working in finance and come now at this point in my career because earlier on, I was, I was really about, you know, trying to make as much money as I could, you know, for <laughs> obvious reasons of wanting to live. Now I'm able to be in a different position of the choices I've made 
because I was able to make different choices earlier. But I always encourage people, don't, don't, don't follow the money, follow your heart and follow what you want to do and the money will come. Wow, I like that, especially like how you applied or like found jobs based off their mission statement and like what they're really, what they, what they do. Yeah. Um, so in all of your years in working corporate America, how have you seen it change, good or bad? Um, both, really. Um, so speaking of what you said about mission, um, investors, shareholders, people who uh, own the companies um, are requiring corporations now to be um, um, socially engaged in the environment Socially engaged in governance, meaning um, who you hire, who's on your boards, how are employees treated, and how are you being a good corporate citizen? It's not just about making all the money you can on the backs of the workers and there being such a spread between the lowest paid person and the highest paid person. So there's a lot more accountability now being put on organizations to when you report your financial resort, results, you also have to report on other factors as well in terms of what are you actually doing to improve society? And I guess other than, I guess, alcohol and drugs and tobacco, you know, how was your company really benefiting? Because <laughs> I don't think many of those really benefit society at all. Right. But, you know. Uh, other companies, what are you really doing other than providing a return or wealth to your shareholders or those who invested? But how basically is the community and the environment better because of what you are doing? That's the good part that's coming out. Also, um, when I first started working, we worked very long hours. Like I said, we had to dress up and come to work. You know, we had to wear those work clothes. And it was really about a work ethic. And, and particularly for women, it was difficult because, I mean, you've heard all the stories about how very difficult it was for women to succeed in business. And also, if you were a mother and the expectation and the double standards and the glass ceilings and all of that, you know, I mean, it was very difficult. So, you know, many, many doors have opened up for women, for people of color. Um, you look at what's going on, particularly like in President Biden's, I call him the president already, his administration, who's, who he is appointing just in terms of things looking very, very, very different. So opportunities for women, people of color, for younger people, it's not one model that, what I call that old white man's model of what it was to be successful, that is thrown out the door. And just embracing the diversity and, and different thoughts and that there's more than one way to be successful and more than one way for companies to really do well. So that part is good. When I was working at Levi's, um, I'd see maybe my second or third year, we were closing the accounting books at the end of the year. And I was taking BART over. And um, got to be six o'clock, seven o'clock, we weren't finished. Got to be eight, nine, we ordered dinner in. And then we realized, I missed the last BART coming across the bay. We spent the night at work. <laughs> and we just kept working. And then in the morning when the drugstore opened, we went and bought some two paced and, 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 and went to a diner and got breakfast and then came back to work and people said, didn't you have that on yesterday? I said, you know, um, so I'm saying that to say we were, we, 
we worked very long and hard hours in those days. That's one bad example. Never did that again. Um, but I'm just saying now uh, that kind of work ethic uh, is not required in terms of how you have to show up. It is in what you do, what you deliver, the accuracy, um, the passion that you bring. But I think the balance now between work and home um, is much more appreciated and companies support that. It wasn't like that earlier. So it's much better now to be in corporate because you can, you can say, I want to balance. I, I'm not spending that at work. I'm not going to be there 10, 12, 14 hours. Now, there's some, uh, there's some industries where those hours are, you know, if you're a lawyer and you're starting out, if you're starting out in investment banking, there are some industries that are still like that. But you go on with your eyes open and you know the dues you have to pay. So it's a conscious choice you make. Mm-hmm. But I'd say for the most part, now there are other choices you can make if that's not the road you decide you want to take, then you can still be very successful. Well, I'm glad to know that things have changed. Like, you know, you gave a bad example, but at least you knew it only, it only happened one time. So it's not the end of the world. Um, <laughs> so how did you get into, well, obviously I know you got into the magazines by all of your hard work that you're doing. How long did it take you to get that amount of recognition? Well, what's important is not so much the recognition, because again, like I said, when you do what you, what you feel you should do, and you do what you do well, it will come. So I, I, I like to, uh, like I said, I like to speak and give speeches. And I sign up for committees. And one thing that I do at work now, if they ask, okay, we're getting ready to put in a new system or a new process, who wants to be in the pilot team? You know, pilot team means, you know, they help develop it. I always raise my hand because I like to be on the, I'd I'd rather try to create something than have to do something that somebody else already put in and you can't do anything about it. So volunteering for opportunities, because those are also developmental opportunities for you too. Every time I give a speech or have to get up, I'd, I'd be nervous. And sometimes once this is early this year, I could actually almost see my hand shaking <laughs> on the left and nobody else saw it. So, you know, you still get that nervousness, but every time you do it, you get a little better and better. So I would say get comfortable being in an in- uncomfortable place. Think about the kinds of things, not to get the recognition, but to help develop you. So that your speaking, your presence, how you show up, who knows you, and you're known for the good work you do, the quality you do, and someone says, oh, you know someone who can do this? What about Galen? Um, we just come on to come and maybe, um, you know, moderate a, a workshop or give a short presentation or help us out. So you'll get known for the work you do because it's word of mouth and people will know you. So you've already started that by what you're doing right now. You're, you're not shy and you're not, you know, sitting back. You're putting yourself out there so people know what you do. And I think it will, it will come from there. So always put your best foot forward and do it for your own benefit and not to gain the recognition that you... It's for the benefit of what you're trying to achieve. Right. It's not so that you can say, oh, look at me. <laughs> no, because, you know, people will see through that and it won't really work. 
And you have to also remember too, to um, be gentle with yourself. Because sometimes, this is what I say, you know, you prepare 100 or 105 or 110%. If you deliver 90 or 95, that's okay. When I give a speech, you know, I would, I would write out different points and you don't want to look at your speech all the time. And then every time I'd, I'd finish, I'd say, oh God, I forgot to say that, you know? So, but it's okay because you have really much delivered the, the uh, essence of what it was. So be gentle with yourself. And even if you flub a little bit, that's okay. Just recover from it and keep moving forward. Don't tell anybody you did it. Just pick yourself <laughs> up and keep going. Because nobody right. will probably notice it anyway but you. And then don't ever beat yourself up for what you didn't do, what you were short of doing, what you could have done. Because every time is an opportunity to build on. And there's no perfection. You, you don't strive for perfection. You strive for quality. Wow. Okay. Well, we're pretty much done. And I was going to ask for what advice you'd give your 14-year-old self but you've pretty much been giving advice this whole time. <laughs> so, I mean, if you have anything else you'd like to add, go ahead. <laughs> well, what I'd like to say is this. Use this time to travel, to explore, to uh, what I call responsible risk-taking. I mean, you know, you just don't get out there, you know, and just you know, try to fly, obviously. But... Um, it's okay, you know, this is a time to explore and don't feel that you, that you need to figure out exactly where you're gonna go right now. Try lots of new things, yeah. Um, and, and, and just enjoy it because, you know, it, it, like I like to cook or try new recipes and uh, Joseph doesn't always like me to try new stuff, but I say, if you, don't like, if you don't like it, I just won't make it again. How do you know if you don't try? Right. Yeah, nothing's lost. So I just think you're just at a great time to explore, like I said, travel, learn, grow. If you don't like it, do something else. Well, thank you. I've, I've started to use that advice. <laughs> I've definitely tried new recipes at my class. I've been doing cooking club. But yeah, definitely, I see what you mean. I will definitely be continuing this. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to, and you know, it's cooking, but it's also with... Um, um, maybe other things that you thought, oh, do I have an interest in that? And you, you could take that on so many different levels because then you say, no, I didn't really like that. And, you know, sometimes when I get a new book, you know, sometimes you want to stop reading it, but most of them I, I, I really finish because I find it kind of picks up a little bit after a while. Um, so, you know, just, just explore. It's all, you know, it's all good because, um, you know, if nobody was seriously injured, <laughs> and it's probably okay that's a good point as long yeah as long as someone no one gets hurt then it's fine oh. yeah and, and hurt on on different levels you know <laughs> you know and and if someone does get hurt you know just say i'm sorry i didn't mean it you know and move right. on, you know yeah. and just you know just kind of patch it up and move on you know dust it off dust you off dust them off whatever needs to be dusted off um and you know just assume people are well-intended you know, like I said, you know, we all just kind of, you know, I'm very direct. So, you know, sometimes things don't quite come out or it's not, um, it's not received as I intended it. Because I, my thing is do no harm, do, do mm -hmm. no harm. But sometimes, um, you know, in our um, desire to, 
uh, move forward a little faster perhaps than we should, or we have a little more enthusiasm, uh, it can be received differently than we intended. Right. So we just apologize and say, that's not what I intended and let's move forward. Well, thank you. And, and thank you for and, doing this. And forgive yourself. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, you give such great advice. Like I said, this whole video, all you've been doing is giving great advice. And I'm well, I, well, you know, I didn't heart. To be an advice giver, you know. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Is, is I, I, I mentor um, young women and I love them. And I just want them to, um, this is the last piece of advice I'm giving you that I'll stop <laughs> is that people tell you a lot of stuff and you take what works and you, and you let the rest of it go. Yeah, I, I can, I definitely see a teacher in you. I mean, obviously you've been a teacher, but I can, you, you can, I can tell that you're a good teacher. <laughs> well, I say, take what works and let the rest of it go. Take what works and let the rest of it go. I will keep that in mind. Thank you. Okay. You have a good evening. And if I can do any other follow-up or, or, you know, if I can be a resource or help y'all, please don't hesitate to reach out. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. You have a good evening. Thank you for listening. Once again, we want to thank Miss Lorraine for being on the show. She definitely gave a lot of great advice in this episode. Share this show with other super heroes in your life. Now go explore the world. <laughs>